Chapter thirteen of De Sophisticus Elenchis by Aristotle, translated by W. A. Pickard, Cambridge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Chapter thirteen. Paradoxes, then, you should seek to elicit by means of these commonplace rules now as for making any one babble we have already said what we mean by quote, to babble close quote. this is the object in view in all arguments of the following kind if it is all the same to state a term and to state its definition the quotes, double and quote, double of half close quote, are the same if then quotes, double be the quote, double of half Close quote. it will be the quote, double of half of half close quote. and if instead of quotes, double quote, double of half close quote, be again put then the same expression will be repeated three times quote, double of half of half of half close quote. also quote, desire is of the pleasant isn't it close quote but desire is conation for the pleasant accordingly quotes, desire is quote, conation for the pleasant for the pleasant close quote. all arguments of this kind occur in dealing one with any relative terms which not only have relative genera but are also themselves relative and are rendered in relation to one and the same thing as e g conation is conation for something and desire is desire of something and double is double of something i e double of half also in dealing too with any terms which though they be not relative terms at all yet have their substance viz the things of which they are the states or affections or what not indicated as well in their definition they being predicated of these things thus e g quotes, odd is a quote, number containing a middle close quote. but there is an quote, odd number close quote. therefore there is a quote, number containing a middle number close quote. also if snubness be a concavity of the nose and there be a snub nose there is therefore a quote, concave nose nose close quote. people sometimes appear to produce this result without really producing it because they do not add the question whether the expression quotes, double just by itself has any meaning or no and if so whether it has the same meaning or a different one but they draw their conclusion straight away still it seems inasmuch as the word is the same to have the same meaning as well chapter fourteen we have said before what kind of thing quotes, solecism is it is possible both to commit it and to seem to do so without doing so and to do so without seeming to do so suppose as protagoras used to say that menis quotes, wrath and pelex quotes, helmet are masculine according to him a man who calls wrath a quotes, destructress ulomenin commits a solecism though he does not seem to do so to other people 
whereas he who calls it a quotes, destructor ulomenon commits no solecism though he seems to do so it is clear then that any one could produce this effect by art as well and for this reason many arguments seem to lead to solecism which do not really do so as happens in the case of refutations almost all apparent solecisms depend upon the word quotes, this tode and upon occasions when the inflection denotes neither a masculine nor a feminine object but a neuter for quotes, he utos signifies a masculine and quotes, she aute a feminine but quotes, this tuta though meant to signify a neuter often also signifies one or other of the former e g quote, what is this close quote. Quote, it is calliope close quote. Quote, it is a log close quote. Quote, it is coriscus close quote. now in the masculine and feminine the inflections are all different whereas in the neuter some are and some are not often then when quotes, this tuta has been granted people reason as if quotes, him tuton had been said and likewise also they substitute one inflection for another the fallacy comes about because quotes, this tuta is a common form of several inflections for quotes, this signifies sometimes quotes, he utas and sometimes quotes, him tuton it should signify them alternately when combined with quotes is esti it should be quotes he while with quotes being it should be quotes him e g quote coriscus copiscos is close quote but quote being coriscus close quote copiscon it happens in the same way in the case of feminine nouns as well and in the case of the so-called chattels that have feminine or masculine designations for only those names which end in omicron and upsilon have the designation proper to a chattel e g zelan log sinyan rope those which do not end so have that of a masculine or feminine object though some of them we apply to chattels e g ascos quotes, wineskin is a masculine noun and cleany bed a feminine for this reason in cases of this kind as well there will be a difference of the same sort between a construction with quotes, is esti or with quotes, being to ine also solecism resembles in a certain way those refutations which are said to depend on the like expression of unlike things for just as there we come upon a material solecism so here we come upon a verbal for quotes, man is both a quotes, matter for expression and also a quotes, word and so is quotes, white 
it is clear then that for solecisms we must try to construct our argument out of the aforesaid inflections these then are the types of contentious arguments and the subdivisions of those types and the methods for conducting them aforesaid but it makes no little difference if the materials for putting the question be arranged in a certain manner with a view to concealment as in the case of dialectics following then upon what we have said this must be discussed first chapter fifteen with a view then to refutation one resource is length for it is difficult to keep several things in view at once and to secure length the elementary rules that have been stated before should be employed one resource on the other hand is speed for when people are left behind they look ahead less moreover there is anger and contentiousness for when agitated everybody is less able to take care of himself elementary rules for producing anger are to make a show of the wish to play foul and to be altogether shameless moreover there is the putting of one's questions alternately whether one has more than one argument leading to the same conclusion or whether one has arguments to show both that something is so and that it is not so for the result is that he has to be on his guard at the same time either against more than one line or against contrary lines of argument in general all the methods described before of producing concealment are useful also for purposes of contentious argument for the object of concealment is to avoid detection and the object of this is to deceive to counter those who refuse to grant whatever they suppose to help one's argument one should put the question negatively as though desirous of the opposite answer or at any rate as though one put the question without prejudice for when it is obscure what answer one wants to secure people are less refractory also when in dealing with particulars a man grants the individual case when the induction is done you should often not put the universal as a question but take it for granted and use it for sometimes people themselves suppose that they have granted it and also appear to the audience to have done so for they remember the induction and assume that the questions could not have been put for nothing in cases where there is no term to indicate the universal still you should avail yourself of the resemblance of the particulars to suit your purpose for resemblance often escapes detection also with a view to obtaining your premise you ought to put it in your question side by side with its contrary e g if it were necessary to secure the admission that quote, a man should obey his father in everything close quote, ask quote, should a man obey his parents in everything or disobey them in everything close quote, and to secure that quote, a number multiplied by a large number is a large number close quote, ask quote, should one agree that it is a large number or a small one close quote, for then if compelled to choose one will be more inclined to think it a large one for the placing of their contraries close beside them makes things look big to men both relatively and absolutely and worse and better a strong appearance of having been refuted is often produced by the most highly sophistical of all the unfair tricks of questioners when without proving anything instead of putting their final proposition as a question they state it as a conclusion as though they had proved that quote, 
therefore so-and-so is not true it is also a sophistical trick when a paradox has been laid down first to propose at the start some view that is generally accepted and then claim that the answerer shall answer what he thinks about it and to put one's question on matters of that kind in the form quote, do you think that Close quote. for then if the question be taken as one of the premises of one's argument either a refutation or a paradox is bound to result if he grants the view a refutation if he refuses to grant it or even to admit it as the received opinion a paradox if he refuses to grant it but admits that it is the received opinion something very like a refutation results moreover just as in rhetorical discourses so also in those aimed at refutation you should examine the discrepancies of the answerer's position either with his own statements or with those of persons whom he admits to say and do aright moreover with those of people who are generally supposed to bear that kind of character or who are like them or with those of the majority or of all men also just as answerers too often when they are in process of being confuted draw a distinction if their confutation is just about to take place so questioners also should resort to this from time to time to counter objectors pointing out supposing that against one sense of the words the objection holds but not against the other that they have taken it in the latter sense as e g cleophon does in the mandrobulus they should also break off their argument and cut down their other lines of attack while in answering if a man perceives this being done beforehand he should put in his objection and have his say first one should also lead attacks sometimes against positions other than the one stated on the understood condition that one cannot find lines of attack against the view laid down as lycophron did when ordered to deliver a eulogy upon the lyre to counter those who demand quote, against what are you directing your effort close quote, since one is generally thought bound to state the charge made while on the other hand some ways of stating it make the defence too easy you should state as your aim only the general result that always happens in refutations namely the contradiction of his thesis viz that your effort is to deny what he has affirmed or to affirm what he denied don't say that you are trying to show that the knowledge of contraries is or is not the same one must not ask one's conclusion in the form of a premise while some conclusions should not even be put as questions at all one should take and use it as granted chapter sixteen we have now therefore dealt with the sources of questions and the methods of questioning in contentious disputations next we have to speak of answering and of how solutions should be made and of what requires them and of what use is served by arguments of this kind the use of them then is for philosophy twofold for in the first place since for the most part they depend upon the expression they put us in a better condition for seeing in how many senses any term is used and what kind of resemblances and what kind of differences occur between things and between their names in the second place they are useful for one's own personal researches 
for the man who is easily committed to a fallacy by someone else and does not perceive it is likely to incur this fate of himself also on many occasions thirdly and lastly they further contribute to one's reputation viz the reputation of being well trained in everything and not inexperienced in anything for that a party to arguments should find fault with them if he cannot definitely point out their weakness creates a suspicion making it seem as though it were not the truth of the matter but merely inexperience that put him out of temper answerers may clearly see how to meet arguments of this kind if our previous account was right of the sources whence fallacies came and also our distinctions adequate of the forms of dishonesty in putting questions but it is not the same thing to take an argument in one's hand and then to see and solve its faults as it is to be able to meet it quickly while being subjected to questions for what we know we often do not know in a different context moreover just as in other things speed is enhanced by training so it is with arguments too so that supposing we are unpractised even though a point be clear to us we are often too late for the right moment sometimes too it happens as with diagrams for there we can sometimes analyze the figure but not construct it again so too in refutations though we know the thing on which the connection of the argument depends we still are at a loss to split the argument apart chapter seventeen first then just as we say that we ought sometimes to choose to prove something in the general estimation rather than in truth so also we have sometimes to solve arguments rather in the general estimation than according to the truth for it is a general rule in fighting contentious persons to treat them not as refuting but as merely appearing to refute for we say that they don't really prove their case so that our object in correcting them must be to dispel the appearance of it for if refutation be an unambiguous contradiction arrived at from certain views there could be no need to draw distinctions against amphiboly and ambiguity for they do not effect a proof the only motive for drawing further distinctions is that the conclusion reached looks like a refutation what then we have to beware of is not being refuted but seeming to be because of course the asking of amphibolies and of questions that turn upon ambiguity and all the other tricks of that kind conceal even a genuine refutation and make it uncertain who is refuted and who is not for since one has the right at the end when the conclusion is drawn to say that the only denial made of one's statement is ambiguous no matter how precisely he may have addressed his argument to the very same point as oneself it is not clear whether one has been refuted for it is not clear whether at the moment one is speaking the truth if on the other hand one had drawn a distinction and questioned him on the ambiguous term or the amphiboly the refutation would not have been a matter of uncertainty also what is incidentally the object of contentious arguers though less so nowadays than formerly would have been fulfilled namely that the person questioned should answer either quotes, yes or quotes, no 
whereas nowadays the improper forms in which questioners put their questions compel the party questioned to add something to his answer in correction of the faultiness of the proposition as put for certainly if the questioner distinguishes his meaning adequately the answerer is bound to reply either quotes yes or quotes no if any one is going to suppose that an argument which turns upon ambiguity is a refutation it will be impossible for an answerer to escape being refuted in a sense for in the case of visible objects one is bound of necessity to deny the term one has asserted and to assert what one has denied for the remedy which some people have for this is quite unavailing they say not that coruscus is both musical and unmusical but that this coruscus is musical and this coruscus unmusical but this will not do for to say quote, this coruscus is unmusical close quote, or quote, musical and to say quote, this coruscus close quote, is so is to use the same expression and this he is both affirming and denying at once Quote, but perhaps they do not mean the same close quote. well nor did the simple name in the former case so where is the difference if however he is to ascribe to the one person the simple title quotes, coruscus while to the other he is to add the prefix quotes, one or quotes, this he commits an absurdity for the latter is no more applicable to the one than to the other for to whichever he adds it it makes no difference all the same since if a man does not distinguish the senses of an amphiboly it is not clear whether he has been confuted or has not been confuted and since in arguments the right to distinguish them is granted it is evident that to grant the question simply without drawing any distinction is a mistake so that even if not the man himself at any rate his argument looks as though it had been refuted it often happens however that though they see the amphiboly people hesitate to draw such distinctions because of the dense crowd of persons who propose questions of the kind in order that they may not be thought to be obstructionists at every turn then though they would never have supposed that that was the point on which the argument turned they often find themselves faced by a paradox accordingly since the right of drawing the distinction is granted one should not hesitate as has been said before if people never made two questions into one question the fallacy that turns upon ambiguity and amphiboly would not have existed either but either genuine refutation or none for what is the difference between asking archalius and themistocles musical and what one might have asked if they being different had had one name for if the term applied means more than one thing he has asked more than one question if then it be not right to demand simply to be given a single answer to two questions it is evident that it is not proper to give a simple answer to any ambiguous question not even if the predicate be true of all the subjects as some claim that one should for this is exactly as though he had asked quote, are coruscus and callius at home or not at home close quote, supposing them to be both in or both out for in both cases there is a number of propositions 
for though the simple answer be true that does not make the question one for it is possible for it to be true to answer even countless different questions when put to one altogether with either a quotes, yes or a quotes, no but still one should not answer them with a single answer for that is the death of discussion rather the case is like as though different things had actually had the same name applied to them if then one should not give a single answer to two questions it is evident that we should not say simply quotes, yes or quotes, no in the case of ambiguous terms either for the remark is simply a remark not an answer at all although among disputants such remarks are loosely deemed to be answers because they do not see what the consequence is as we said then inasmuch as certain refutations are generally taken for such though not such really in the same way also certain solutions will be generally taken for solutions though not really such now these we say must sometimes be advanced rather than the true solutions in contentious reasonings and in the encounter with ambiguity the proper answer in saying what one thinks is to say quotes, granted for in that way the likelihood of being refuted on a side issue is minimized if on the other hand one is compelled to say something paradoxical one should then be most careful to add that quote, it seems close quote, so for in that way one avoids the impression of being either refuted or paradoxical since it is clear what is meant by quote, begging the original question close quote, and people think that they must at all costs overthrow the premises that lie near the conclusion and plead in excuse for refusing to grant him some of them that he is begging the original question so whenever any one claims from us a point such as is bound to follow as a consequence from our thesis but is false or paradoxical we must plead the same for the necessary consequences are generally held to be a part of the thesis itself moreover whenever the universal has been secured not under a definite name but by a comparison of instances one should say that the questioner assumes it not in the sense in which it was granted nor in which he proposed it in the premise for this too is a point upon which a refutation often depends if one is debarred from these defences one must pass to the argument that the conclusion has not been properly shown approaching it in the light of the aforesaid distinction between the different kinds of fallacy in the case then of names that are used literally one is bound to answer either simply or by drawing a distinction the tacit understandings implied in our statements e g in answer to questions that are not put clearly but elliptically it is upon this that the consequent refutation depends for example quote, is what belongs to athenians the property of athenians close quote? yes quote, and so it is likewise in other cases but observe man belongs to the animal kingdom doesn't he Close quote. yes quote, then man is the property of the animal kingdom Close quote. but this is a fallacy for we say that man quote, belongs to Close quote, the animal kingdom because he is an animal 
just as we say that lysander quote, belongs to close quote, the spartans because he is a spartan it is evident then that where the premise put forward is not clear one must not grant it simply whenever of two things it is generally thought that it the one is true the other is true of necessity whereas if the other is true the first is not true of necessity one should if asked which of them is true grant the smaller one for the larger the number of premises the harder it is to draw a conclusion from them if again the sophist tries to secure that a has a contrary while b has not suppose what he says is true you should say that each has a contrary only for the one there is no established name since again in regard to some of the views they express most people would say that any one who did not admit them was telling a falsehood while they would not say this in regard to some e g to any matters whereon opinion is divided for most people have no distinct view whether the soul of animals is destructible or immortal accordingly one wherever it is uncertain in which of two senses the premise proposed is usually meant whether as maxims are for people call by the name of quotes, maxims both true opinions and general assertions or like the doctrine quote, the diagonal of a square is incommensurate with its side close quote. and moreover too whenever opinions are divided as to the truth we then have subjects of which it is very easy to change the terminology undetected for because of the uncertainty in which of the two senses the premise contains the truth one will not be thought to be playing any trick while because of the division of opinion one will not be thought to be telling a falsehood change the terminology therefore for the change will make the position irrefutable moreover whenever one foresees any question coming one should put in one's objection and have one say beforehand for by doing so one is likely to embarrass the questioner most effectually end of chapter seventeen recording in memory of mitchell edwards